0: The Short Game is listener supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com/theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Nate Heininger, and I am joined this week by one fantastic co-host.
1: Laura Nash.
0: And this week we are talking about the delightfully ridiculous Switch exclusive Good Job.
1: A game that's almost impossible to Google without quotes and the word Switch after it, unless you would <laughs> like job advice.
0: Yeah, but you know what? We like to make fun of uh, video game names a lot because of like the extreme love of the like single word colon and then another longer title and so i really appreciate this game's simple good job
1: i mean it is perfect and it's exactly what this game feels like so it's a a switch exclusive from paladin studios and the whole premise is um you have jobs to do in this office like set up the projector and you can solo or with a local co-op Try to accomplish the tasks, but the door might be too small and maybe it'd be a lot faster to just fling the projector through the wall and destroy things to accomplish your task. It's up to you how you want to beat it. But it's a uh, goofy puzzles in an office for people who have not been to your office in a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, so y- you play as the child of what seems to be maybe a retiring or just aging uh Executive of a big, powerful, you know, downtown office, his penthouse on the top floor. Uh, you know, wears a top hat, sort of guy with a nice tie, and uh, you're the, you're the child of this person, and it seems like it's about to be your day to maybe take over the company, and before you can do that, I I think you have to, the idea is that you have to work your way up the the office, or at least that's how the story I told myself, because there's not a lot of actual uh, narrative or narration in this.
1: I think I made the joke like, nepotism, the game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially when you think about how it all works out. So so you start on the first floor of this building and you're completing jobs uh, that are loosely related to the floor that you're starting on. You work you're working your way up this tower, completing slowly but slightly more complicated and ridiculous uh, objectives. But they're all like, yeah, like really basic work sort of things. Restart the Wi-Fi. Uh, move this thing over to this thing. It, they're a little ridiculous where it's like, move this monument from one side of this Zen garden to another side. So not really any sort of realism with it, but move
1: it, the it, boulders. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Move the boulders. So it's not all like realistic sort of work things, but often seemingly very simple tasks that are complicated by the fact that you are a almost like, um, Goat simulator, uh I am bred
1: so what is it? Job simulator, yeah. Job like,
0: simulator, like all these games where you're accomplishing simple tasks, but like either the control system or the world around you makes these jobs really, really difficult. In this game, it's not it's not even that it makes it more difficult. They're generally pretty easy tasks. It's they complicate it by making the entire office breakable. Like Everything in this game from the walls to the uh, desks to artwork. There's
1: a con- not like the a- workers. You can't not- kill people even when you drop things directly on them, but everything else is breakable, yeah. including like. $10,000 uh, gold vases that are next to the pool. Why would that be next to the pool?
0: They're everywhere. These giant They're vases. They're everywhere. <laughs> and every time you mess up and you break something, a, a, a very loud shattering noise happens and a dollar amount kind of pops out from that. And it, there's a running counter of how much money you are losing how much money you're spending accomplishing these, these really simple jobs. And that's really the game. You walk into, uh, into a main floor, you're given a set of tasks, and it's up to you to accomplish them. With the goal, I guess, of not breaking as many things as possible, the game... The insin-
1: game is intentionally unclear about that. So, like, <laughs> each, You finish a level and they grade you on three things. Uh, speed... How much money you cost the company breaking shit. And then the third is, how many individual items did you break? And you get little scores, but it's heavily weighted towards speed to an almost ridiculous amount. Yeah. So the game, you could uh, very meticulously and slowly do everything perfectly. And there it took a couple levels for us to realize there is a route to doing everything cleanly and without mess if you just take the time to plan. But it is a lot easier to just like, instead of filling... Uh, watering plants with buckets, like maybe you should just grab a hose and start going crazy.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some of the uh, specific sort of puzzles here to kind of make it a little bit more clear, because I know this is uh, so- sounds a little vague right now. So so you walk into a uh, office, it's very, uh, how would you describe the sort of the color palette and the the layout, what, what you're looking at?
1: It's really playful. It, and uh, I've seen people call it cartoony. And, and I think it's not the, the animations are a little cartoony but to me it feels very much like you've dropped into a play school model everything Uh. is very curved and rounded the character models are like a little black stick figure that if you just thickened all the lines into little blobs and so you're this little like black stick man um everything is rounded everything is flat everything's got a couple you know colors to it but it feels um like donut county was in all pastels and very hipster palette this is like a primary colors <laughs> kids palette like yeah. take donut Co- county and take all that weird desaturation from it and put it in like this is not hipster looking at all this looks <laughs> like corporate plain like a blue is a blue a red is a red <laughs> and it's very tactile feeling
0: absolutely is- yeah it's it's very bright everything is um, it's pretty easy to to see what you're looking at. Like, everything is very clear, very blocky. Everything has its own space. So there's no confusion about what you're looking at. Like, is, it's very clearly a shelf. It's very clearly a copy machine. Very clearly a guy sitting on a chair, right? Everything is very clear.
1: Yeah, but there's a ton of everything in this game. So even if it's like your job is to set up a projector... They have uh, paintings on the walls and people at computers and people standing in line for the bathroom and like all these other things that sometimes are, you know, actually impeding your objective. But if you also just wanted to wander around and cause havoc, um, one example is before you even get into the puzzles, you're dropped into the lobby um, and you pick each puzzle by going into little rooms off your lobby of each floor. And in that lobby, everything. Is interactive, so it became almost a game. I played this in co-op, local co-op with my husband, and without even speaking of it, we just started before we got into each room to start the next level, doing little pieces of havoc. Like he <laughs> would go steal a, a computer and walk into the the lot, like walk into the next area, or I would grab the water cooler and drag it across the floor, spilling water everywhere. We just did that without even. Discussing it, never commented. It was just like, okay, cool. We're both here ready to start the game. And what'd you steal? Oh, you stole a plant. Cool. You took someone's coffee mug. Just because
0: literally exactly the same i played this game with molly and we were doing the same thing and uh so yeah almost everything can either be picked up or dragged around as long as it seems like reasonable that your your character could do it so you can't pick up like massive things but chairs tables desks computers everything that's on the desk this game is like like you said it's very clear what you're looking at but it is densely packed uh One time Molly had to step away for a little bit and she had left her character sort of in the elevator. So Mm -hmm. I spent the entire time while she was walking away taking every single item I could from the lobby and just piling it into the elevator to block her in there. So it (laughs) ended up having like a huge amount of items just in the way. It was awesome. And really all you have as a character, the only moves you have is walking around. Uh, a very small jump, right? And then a, or can you and even jump? you can jump?
1: jump? I don't even think I No, wait, I hold on. Ever. No,
0: you can't jump. You can't jump. I don't know what I'm thinking about. Uh, and and pick up item. Pick up and put down.
1: And you can use some items too. Yeah. Like if you, you know, you can take stuff, plug it into other things. Like, uh, but it's very simple controls. It's, it is astonishing the amount of mayhem this game uh, lets you get up to. And uh, we racked up some very high property damage uh, even though we weren't trying to go for the fastest times.
0: The approach that I took in this game was sort of how I would take a game like Dishonored or like a stealth game where once you get caught, oh, really? you don't just like restart. You just, you're like, oh, this is how the game, how this level is going to go for me now. So I would try to not break things, but inevitably it would break and it would just become sort of a, a, a snowball effect from there where the more and more I sort of failed at not breaking things, the less and less I felt compelled to avoid breaking things. And so some levels we would, we kind of ended up like on uh, one end of the spectrum or another, we would either do it pretty well, or we gave up on doing it pretty well about halfway through, and we would end the level in just an absolute mess. And usually that mess was influenced by uh, whether the level had some sort of actionable item that added an extreme amount of mayhem. So there are things like wrecking balls that you can control in this game. There is a floor buffer that uh, when you are buffing the floor, it is very hard to uh, maneuver and you can get going at such speeds that you can break through the walls. There are forklifts. There are all sorts of things that you can drive around and maneuver that just aren't nearly impossible to operate without causing constant significant damage and that was at times some of the most fun i had in this game
1: yeah so this game does mayhem extremely well because not only does when you cause something does the dollar counter go up and you can see how much money you've made but it's got this great sense of drama and snowballing effects like we mentioned the move a boulder um in the Zen Garden section. So we had done decently well in the Zen Garden getting all of these boulders back in place. And there was the last one that I found like in the water and it was stuck on something and I was just pushing and pushing and pushing and I rolled it around the wall and it shot across like a cannonball and just took out like five walls at once. (laughs) And the way they did it was they almost like slowed it down a little bit at the beginning and it was just like, and then suddenly it was extremely fast. Um, There was another moment where We were 98% through a level, and then we managed to tip over a giant vat of pink goo. And the slow motion of that thing falling and just destroying was one of the funniest things um, I've seen in a video game. And then the ticker, of course, just goes back down to like 10% complete. (laughs) (laughs) It, It makes it such a funny game. Yeah.
0: It's difficult when your job is to clean the pink goo off the floor. And there are multiple things in the room that will result in you putting more pink goo on the floor. So yeah. it, it gets it gets ridiculous. Uh, some of the other jobs that um you know, one of the ones early on that is is pretty simple is that you have to go in and, and plug in a Wi-Fi router. And there are some the way to get there is blocked by multiple people waiting for the bathroom. And because we can see the level top down, you know, with like the roof cut off, you can see that the bathroom is soaking wet, water's running out of the the sink or something like that. So they seem to be waiting for that to get cleaned up before they go into the bathroom. And you can't pull the item that you need to pull through that hallway unless they get out of the way. So you have a couple different ways that you could solve it. You could either go past them because you can fit them, go into the bathroom, grab the mop that's in there, mop up the floor, and all of the people will then come into the bathroom, clear that hallway, and now you can get through it. Or you can take, there's a, all over the place, and they're a big part of the game, there are gigantic power outlets. And then somewhere else in the room will be a plug that is on like a rip like a, a rip cord you know like you pull it really far when you let go it goes zip right back to where it started and it whips back and forth like a tape measure or something like coming back or like if you let go of a lanyard and that is a heavy feeling item so when it whips around it breaks anything that's in its path and will break things all around it but what you can do is when you take that power cord and plug it into the power outlet The actual cable now becomes a slingshot of sorts. And so with heavier items, you can then take your character and pull an item like a desk or a chair or a printer or something, pull it against that cable, and it will give you a little like action arrow. It'll show you an arrow. It's like a like a game where you're doing power and, and angle, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll see a big long red arrow where you're going to let go and it's going to shoot through. And in this case, you can actually, instead of taking the time to clean the bathroom so the guys can get out of the way, you can actually just blow the printer through the wall and just go right around these guys. And there's so many puzzles where you have that choice of either sort of interacting with the world and you know solving it from just sort of like this little micro problem that's happening in the in the stage or you can just destroy everything around it revealing the path you need to go through
1: that's we did d- neither of those things to solve that puzzle uh i walked around to the other side and realized that you can hand the power cord like, from one person to another, like, over the people.
0: (laughs) Oh, funny. Yeah, I I think there's so many different ways to solve these things, right?
1: Yeah, and something that I really appreciated is so many co-op games have um, failure built in, like, Overcooked is uh, you burn the food, you get through it, or you don't. Or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, keep talking and nobody explodes, literally a bomb goes off. There's all these, like consequences for failure in a two-player game. And this game really, um, if things start going south, you can just lean into it. There's no reason to fight with your partner because it's funnier if it starts going wrong. And it always tells you, no matter how badly you did, at the end it says, good job. (laughs) And they dance. It's it's fantastic. So, like, it feels kind of like Goose Game in that. Like, there's a bit of mayhem built in. You can do the task pretty safely, but, like, you can also run around and do what you want if, if things are going badly or if you're just bored.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point and something that I hadn't really thought about uh, when I was playing this is that, you know, I typically, you know, when, when you get into a game that it's like a puzzle game, you know, I want it to be a little bit more challenging. And a lot of the times through this game, I did feel like, man, I wish this was a little more challenging. Like the mayhem is a lot of fun, but the puzzles are like really, really simple. And so I found myself Uh, both molly and i found ourselves saying like this really just makes us want to play overcooked because we wanted that like tenseness that that feeling of like accomplishment because these puzzles you feel a little bit of a sense of accomplishment but it's more about the the mayhem along the way that got you there Uh, but i think your point about there is no fail state you can take your time if you want you can really just goof around and just play this game as simply or as complicated as you want, I think that's a good point. And I think it's something that people should be aware of when they pick this game up, is that it's this is not like challenging in any way, really. There's a couple puzzles that make you think about the world in a little bit of a different way, but it really is about breaking things and messing around and just maybe playing levels over and over again and seeing different ways to accomplish jobs.
1: Yeah, it feels weirdly more replayable than a game where it's specifically solve this challenge because it's not like you can get the answer in this game like there's a lot of ways to do it and I think some of the absurdism is like this is a game where if you hit someone with a bench they sit down
0: yeah there's there's a lot of jobs where you have to get workers from one place to another because it's like lunchtime is over and they don't want to go back and a key move is to just get a rolly chair and just run the rolly chair into them and they'll just sit on the rolly chair. Now you can bring them back to where they're supposed to work.
1: Yeah, and this is a game where, like, if you turn off someone's TV, they'll go to another TV. Like, people are in the way, in a really frustrating way, which is great. But I I think that I I love playing kind of competitive high-stakes two-player games, but this is a game we played really late at night, um, and I think that was fine. It wasn't as if anyone was going to fight over this game it felt like light and like watching a variety show is light or watching like a, a sitcom is light. Like it felt that, yeah. that kind of, of niche. Um, and it didn't take a lot of brain, but again, if, if we had thought ahead, we probably could have done everyone with no mess and made it a more competitive game. We, it maybe we'll do that in the future.
0: Yeah. I, I, I really think the like light touch of trying to not break things, but not caring when you do was the most fun uh, approach to this because so it with with two-player, it does the sort of thing where if you're in the same area, it's one screen, you can see everything. And if you separate from each other too much, it'll go to split screen. And there's so much, the screen, there's so much going on. There's so many, little jobs and every it's so dense that it's really hard to be watching what your partner is doing. And so one of the funniest things is you'd be overdoing something and maybe as a uh as a team you've been doing pretty well at not breaking anything and then you just hear like a loud crash, and you just see the counter in the top right corner go flying up, and the other person's like, Whoops! because <laughs> you know they accidentally knocked over a uh, like a 10k vase, or maybe you're on uh, your screen. And you're you're focusing on your character, you're doing a job, and then just out of that side comes a boulder just rolling through, breaking everything that you're working on and just smashing the entire section of the screen that you were on. It it's mayhem, and I loved having that like unknown other chaos actor on the on the stage, just making everything even more complicated. Though I will admit I was generally the one who was uh Acting as a chaos uh, machine agent, than Molly yes. was. yeah, chaos agent. Thank you.
1: It's also great because I was so laser focused on my section of the screen in one uh, level where it's it's multiple floors. You're trying to get these packages uh, that are in various places all the way down to the first floor, and it involves elevators and forklifts and cranes and all this crazy stuff. So uh, this is probably lo- this is floor two, so it's still pretty early in the game. So I had split up for my partner we were both getting different packages we were doing our own thing we were kind of laser focused finding the package delivering it and there was a part where i um was using a crane to grab a forklift from one floor to bring it up to the second floor and i didn't realize that uh my husband was actually on top of the brace (laughs) that led the crane. (laughs) So he was he was walking, he was using it as a shortcut to get from place A to B, and I started moving the crane, which just started moving him all around the room, and then he fell off and fell like four floors. It was great. Um, he was like, wait, 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 do you know where I am? No! And I just was <laughs> moving. Like, I just basically took him and moved him to the other side of the entire floor. Um, it, split screen is really good that you can keep focusing but it's it's very funny because you have no idea where the other person is yeah um, also shout out to when you enter the same screen they've got this seamless merge where it just kind of comes back into a single screen it's done very well
0: it is yeah it's very clean i it it, it is very like at first when it first happened when it went into sp- split screen it's kind of a little jarring because i don't think i even realized that we'd be able to get that far away from each other but then from that moment on it was really easy to Once you understand how it works, it's really easy to keep track of your character, even in the mayhem. And all of this really leads me to believe that this game is at its best as a couch co-op game. I think it would be fun as a single player game, but I really think it would be its best version is playing with someone else. And I know that's not like the greatest thing to hear, especially when, uh, everyone is kind of stuck at home right now um, but I think if you're if you're thinking about picking up this game uh, I would I would say that I really think you're gonna benefit by having someone to play it with so trying to set that up or maybe you're stuck at home with someone who you can play it with I think this game would work with kids too Laura that's something that you brought up before we started recording
1: yeah so the game is totally clean. Uh, there's nothing... Uh, often these kind of um, goofy games have, like, adult humor thrown in. This game is squeaky clean throughout, uh-huh. um, first of all. but And second of all, y- you do not need to be playing with a skilled partner at all. You, I think every... No task requires two people um, no. because of the solo mode. So if you have someone who doesn't play video games or uh, someone who is, you know... A little kid, like even a really young kid, if, if they can hold the switch and press buttons, even if they're causing just chaos, that's kind of part of the game too. And it's yeah. funny. I think and that would no be failure. fun,
0: actually. I think that'd be a yeah. lot of fun to give a kid the controller and be like, here, you mess up the world as much as you can while I'm trying to do these jobs or something like that. I, like, I think that's the be a best
1: thing. Like, stop mommy and daddy from doing what they want to do. <laughs> like, isn't that the best game? Like, now you just do it in a safe environment where, like, they're breaking fictional vases instead of real
0: There ones. you go. Yeah.
1: I, I keep thinking about Shane saying, like, the best part of Goose Game was his uh, two-year-old yelling at the screen about what he wanted to do. In this case, like, I feel like it's the same kind of thing. Um, even a solo player with someone else to suggest yeah. mayhem might be fun.
0: And in, like, Goose Game, there are multiple moments where you are being pushed around or you have limited access to things because there are humans there that are trying to impede you in this game. You are, you're the, you're the boss's kids. You know, you, you, can, do go, whatever you, you want. can do whatever you want, go wherever you want. Uh, which is, it's is fun. It, like I said, I, 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 there, I definitely felt at times similar to how I felt with donut County too, where I was like, man, mm-hmm. I wish that there was a little bit more challenge to this. I wish it was a little more complicated. I wish they'd, um, you know, added a few more wrinkles to the puzzles, but that's really just my preference for games like these. Because I think what this game is trying to accomplish, which is just pure wackiness and silliness, it really does a great job.
1: I cannot wait to watch speed runs of this game. <laughs> I- I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, apparently there, there already are some, but they're in the two hour range. Uh, so I'm sure that time's going to go way down as people. And I would love to know how much damage you cause. Like, can you imagine the categories like speed run for, you know, just time, which I'm sure is just, re- just flinging stuff through walls. And. Oh yeah, just, for sure. But I'm sure they also have like, you know, caps on the amount of damage you can cause or like, this is going to be a great speed running category
0: yeah there's got to be some perfect route where if you fling a printer at exactly the right angle it'll break the wall in the way that you need to go or or i also noticed there's a lot of um uh, there's a lot of i don't know if glitches is the right word for it but just there's so many moving pieces in this game that mm-hmm. things behave a little strangely sometimes so i'm definitely expecting uh, some crazy speed run tactics where you they're able to almost like break the world and accomplish things.
1: I did manage to get a forklift stuck in such a way that when I went up and down, the forklift went into the air for a second. I had the same
0: thing. Yeah. I had the same thing. It would, you'd get like a floating forklift. And actually, you know, I, I should mention, uh, we had two occasions where a key piece of the stage did not work properly. And Mm. we actually, and we actually had to restart the level uh, so I do think there's a couple things. It's sort of like a Bethesda game. There's so many moving pieces that every once in a while things break. Um, and so that was a little disappointing cause we were, th- that's a hard deduction where you're like, I am certain that this is the piece that I need to place right here because it's the only way to move this puzzle forward. I am so certain of it that I'm going to restart the game to 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 mm-hmm. prove it and and we did and uh it was a it was a level that Molly had like masterminded the whole puzzle and it, it, she was right it was it was actually broken and we had to restart the level there was another case where a hose that we needed for a thing got wrapped around something and got like stuck and could not be unwrapped so we couldn't mm-hmm. drag it in the direction that we needed to so we had to restart the level for that too so that's a little frustrating fortunately like Most levels uh, take around 10 to 15 minutes if you're doing it at the pace we were doing it. Some of them actually got to like a half an hour because they were pretty big uh, Mm -hmm. levels. But then some of them, of course, are like five minutes. So overall... Yeah, early
1: ones are like three, so you can blaze through the early stuff.
0: Overall, I think we probably beat this in five hours or so. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's hard to say um, because we played over... three or four nights just sitting for a little while playing a couple stages, but it's very, very manageable from a, uh, sort of like a gameplay session element. Cause like we said, there's 10 floors and each floor has four levels. So you can play one level, you can play two, you could play a full floor. You can really pick and choose how much you're going to play. Uh, and it goes seamless between single player and co-op. There's no difference. It's really just two people on the same level.
1: Yeah, and I really appreciated that the floors were thematic uh, theming, thematic theming, yes, but it wasn't like a mechanic for each floor. It wasn't as if like this floor you learn about power cords and this floor you learn about, No, every level's got their own um, little quirks. Every level's got its own thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's true like the logistics area has forklifts, but it feels more like you have forklifts because you're in a supply chain package office rather than this is the where you learn the forklift mechanic and we will continue to learn that throughout the game. Like it, it doesn't feel like that kind of a puzzle um, power up game. It, it feels much more like, Hey, we have uh flower beds in this level because it's an outside garden.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of stacking of mechanics um, mm-hmm. and they do introduce a couple interesting ones. There's like a laser alignment thing that you deal with. Uh, like these are those watering plants. There's, there's lots of different things that have you interact with the world in different ways. Uh, that is fun and is loosely connected to things you might run into in an office building. Like there's here's the science lab level, so you can imagine the the ridiculousness that you're going to have in a science lab and what fun tools you may have at your disposal. They also have a completely arbitrary but fun element of little outfits that you can find.
1: I love the outfits. Yeah. That's also a good, like, you break a bunch of stuff and then you're just like, forget this. Like, if I've already broken $7,000 worth of uh, things in this one room, I'm going to break another 20 things just so I can get a scuba suit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there's two pieces. There's a, there's like a, a hat or like a head item, and then there's a like chest item. And there are uh, two sets on every stage and they are matching sets. So it might be like, yeah, like a scuba hat and like a, and sw- a swimsuit, a scuba, scuba hat. That's what they call those uh, scuba gear. And like, like a snorkel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's okay. A, I said a
1: thematic theming earlier. Yeah. <laughs> We're both in top shape. <laughs>
0: yep. And like a cowboy hat and a vest, you know, and they typically put these in places that you're going to have to break stuff in order to get them. Uh, so at the top of a shelf uh, on a, on a very loosely stacked pile of books, things that you're not going to get to it unless you break everything around it. And so it definitely incentivizes it. And it's fun to, uh, uh, mix and match. And I, my guy was wearing the cowboy hat for most of the time. So I'd say things like, excuse me, ma'am, as I'm like (laughs) destroying everything around them, you know, my apologies. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't think I ever once got a matching outfit. I think for many levels, I just thought there were hats until suddenly, uh, like Justin had like a Caesar hat, like a laurel wreath on his head, yeah. and was wearing um, a fireman's costume. And I was like, "Wait nice. a second, <laughs> where'd you get the firefighter suit from?"
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I ended up finding uh, a like an electric guitar, like a flying V electric guitar that you strap uh, were you on basically your the
1: naked cowboy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was <laughs> a sing, yeah, I was a singing cowboy. So I would Perfect. and I will not repeat them on this podcast, but I was singing songs as a cowboy about the levels that we were doing and the jobs that we were doing. It was uh it was a lot of fun. So it added a stupid additional stupid element to the game that uh made it fun to see like what weird costumes there were and what you could find. And yeah, especially if you weren't watching your partner and then they just show up wearing like butterfly wings or something.
1: Yeah, often in these kind of co-op puzzle games, you're always paying attention to your partner. I think there's a lot of surprises and a lot of like you know, someone will just come up covered in pink goo and you're like, what, what were you doing for five minutes?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they, yeah, because it is a single player game that they let you just have two players in, right? There's nothing that is... Right. Your, you can work together for sure. Like you discover the solve for that puzzle, you know, earlier where you hand something to someone else. And yeah, there'd definitely be times where I'd be like, all right, you go over there and I'm going to slingshot this thing and you see if you can grab it. And like you try to work things out together because it can make the job easier, uh, but you definitely don't have to. And so you don't have to pay attention to your partner you can each sort of take a job. Like imagine you're playing Goose Game and each of you were trying to accomplish one of the things on the notebook. You could totally do that.
1: Yeah. And then someone, you come back to the village and someone's just locked in a TV studio and you're like, what were you doing? (laughs) I I think that's why I This is definitely in our short game wheelhouse, because not only is it a playthrough short, but I think there is replayability to the levels, um, a surprising amount, just because I technically, I feel like I only saw half of all the levels, (laughs) kind of.
0: Yeah, Um, they do some really cool stuff, too, as it gets later on. Um, There's some interesting mechanics with how they have office workers help you, uh, and it gets a little more complicated, so I definitely uh, think this game is worth playing, but uh, I think you got to be in the right sort of mood for it, ready for something light, something silly that you're not going to have to invest too much time in or too much thought, uh, which maybe is the perfect game right now.
1: I mean, you're not always going to be at the intellectual level of a Baba is you. Let's be real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or be ready for the uh, frustration and challenge of a game like Overcooked.
1: Exactly. Which
0: I definitely, again, when I, for like my personal taste, when I finished this game, I was like, all right, let's just go play Overcooked again. Cause I want that like, you know, sort of grueling challenge of that game. Uh, but this strips out that, that challenge and that difficultness and just has the mayhem.
1: I mean, we played after a virtual happy hour and it into wait into the night. And it was like, oh, yeah, we had some, you know, gin sours. And like, this made the game so much better because we were just like, yep, let's we can still solve a puzzle. But it is a lot easier to handle than like I, I would never play overcooked drunk. I think I would just end up getting a divorce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think that's about everything we have A. To say about this game, it's fun, it's light, easy to pick up, put down. Uh, I think we both recommend it. Uh, highly recommend it if you have someone to play with. But uh, if you're out there and you're playing it by yourself, love to hear your thoughts, uh, you know, how you made the mayhem fun for yourself too. Uh, but pick it up, I, I think it's worth it.
1: Definitely. And uh, it, it's even uh, more fun if you put it on a giant projector because you can just see things breaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a glorious HD.
0: Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, um, we haven't done this for a few weeks, but uh, Laura, what's making you happy
1: this week? So I am going to recommend a TV show that showed up on Netflix and I think I watched it all in a day which I haven't done uh, in quarantine. I, I I know everyone's been technically supposed to be binge-watching, but I, I feel like I don't have the attention span. For
0: <laughs> I like how you – the way you presented that is as if that was yeah. part of, like, the quarantine expectations. Yeah, everyone's supposed to be binge-watching, but, you know, it's been – that's one of the harder restrictions for me.
1: Normally, I watch a ton of TV, and it's I, – I have been lucky enough to be, uh, you know, working full time and working a lot of hours. But I, I think just with everything going on, I don't have the attention span for uh, a lot of the TV shows I've been following. Yeah. So finding something new that I like gobbled up like candy in four hours, uh, was like, Oh no, I, I, I ate all of the show before it was gone. It's called <laughs> never have I ever. Okay. It is from uh, Mindy Kaling and it is about an, indian girl in high school she's a sophomore um and she you know it's got that like teenage rom-com bit like her and all her friends are going to um you know get boyfriends this year hook up with people um but what makes it really fun is like she's an overachiever they've got a lot of interesting stuff about her being from an Indian family she's grieving for her dad which adds an extra layer of like stakes to the show but it's also fiercely funny and it's I don't know if I've praised the uh, best airplane movie in the world, Blockers, to, <laughs> on this podcast <audience laughs> before. <laughs> Blockers is a movie that's supposed to be all, like I—you'd I, think I would never like a show that's about like parents stopping their kids from having sex or their daughters from having sex. That sounds very like anti-feminist. It's actually really funny and sweet, and it's got uh, all the girls in it are really funny. The lead on this was in Blockers. Uh, And she has got amazing comic timing. Um, And it's also just fun to have, like, overachiever nerd girl uh, as a lead in a comedy series. Um, She definitely is uh, very horny, and it's very funny. (laughs) But she's, like, bad at it because she's 15. Like. Um, cool. <laughs> so it it's very funny. Very it it's mostly light, except it's got a bit of, you know, grieving for a, her dad. But um it's it's not disposable. Um but man, it is a, an easy binge watch. How about you, Nate?
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Um I'll have to check that out. I uh I have watched uh Molly and I have watched a little more TV over this time than we I think we normally would. Um we have a tendency to not watch much, find a show, watch it for like five days straight, and then not watch another show for like a month, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, over the last month or so, because we haven't done this for a while, um, this section of the show, there are two shows that we have watched that I would love to recommend. The first one, it's actually been around for a little while. It's called American Vandal. It's on Netflix. I
1: love that show.
0: Have you watched it? (laughs)
1: Oh, it's amazing, but please yeah. explain to everyone else why I reacted that way.
0: Yeah, so there's two seasons of this show, and it is a it's a mockumentary that follows uh, two high school students who are trying to make like true crime documentaries. Uh, they are investigating a crime that happened at their school. It's very much making fun of or playing off of making a murderer or like the serial podcast and things like that. Very self serious, very earnest uh, reporting, and really trying to get to the bottom of the crime. But the crime, at least in the first season, is that somebody went and drew giant uh, spray painted giant penises on all twenty on twenty seven of the faculty's <laughs> cars. And what I loved about this show is that a lot of its sort of marketing and presentation when you're just maybe going to watch the Netflix Netflix trailer or something like that makes you think it's going to be like an uh, like the onions approach to a mm-hmm. making a murderer uh, making a murderer documentary. I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast A Very Fatal Murder which is a, which is exactly that. It's like over the top goofy, very funny, but like no heart to it, just all about being funny. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really struck us about American Vandal is that you actually end up really caring about all the characters, and it becomes a really good, just, you know, fake, but true crime documentary. Like, you want to know who did it, who's going to get away with it, are they going to get away with it, like – Molly and I were talking about who we think did it. Like I ended up caring about the actual fake crime way more Mm -hmm. than I expected, and you end up really liking the characters way more than I expected. And it's funny, definitely, but more funny just because of like the circumstances, and not funny because of any outward direct jokes. Both of the seasons are are really good. They're very insightful. Uh, They talk a lot about um, like what it is to be a teenager right now, growing up with the technology that they have. It's it's really, really interesting. And I, and I really, really recommend it. Great performances all around. It's a lot of younger actors that I've never really seen in anything else. And they uh, do a fantastic job. So highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, and it's – I will especially – they do ensemble so well in the way that like – Even if you're at a big high school, you kind of know everyone for one or two things. And like the number of people who show up in the background who are unrelated to the crime at all, who are just background characters, who you end up having intense interest in and following them throughout the series is is remarkable. And I will not spoil it for anyone, but Nana's Party is probably one of the best episodes of TV of the last five years. Uh, In stop.
0: It's so good. I, I I was blown away by how much I enjoyed it. And again, because of how much you actually end up caring about everything and how much heart and insight the show actually brings. So highly recommend it. It, it had two seasons. It got canceled by Netflix. It seems like it was in that uh, it got canceled more as a result of that weird like breakup between them and some of the other networks because everyone's trying to make their own streaming services because they didn't technically own the ip of american vandal so they don't want it i don't know i'm hopeful for another season somewhere because it's great super worth it uh the other show that i want to recommend is the show that kind of everyone is talking about right now but uh we've watched the first season money heist have you heard
1: of this I have heard of it, but I have not watched it. It is the uh, sexy Spanish heist movie, uh, TV show, right?
0: Yup. It was
1: advertised literally all over Spain when we were on our honeymoon. It was like on every billboard.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. If you like heist things, which it's kind of like, who doesn't, right? There's nothing better. I've not seen anything better than this. And, and mostly because they managed to take um, the... the Feeling of a heist that sort of tense. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? How are they going to adapt? Oh no, what's going to happen? And it is spread out for the entire show. Most heist things are like one movie, you know, an hour, hour and a half or one like episode of a overall show. This is the entire show is a heist and it is Phenomenal. The characters you love and hate, it's really hard to pick a side. It's it's just fantastic. It's shot really well. It's very beautiful. There's a lot of, um, it kind of feels like, although the story is very, very different, it reminds me a lot of how Breaking Bad, especially Mm. in its last few seasons, like really felt
1: that acceleration and, as the yeah. season progresses yeah yep I and and, and
0: also just how it looks and how like how every character is like you're conflicted on everyone you both love the bad guys but also recognize that they're bad guys right and so you're you're trying to balance the like rooting for Uh, criminals and then rooting for the cops. And then they all have their own individual stories and, and, and pasts. And it's just awesome. It it really is one of the uh, cooler and, and more engaging shows that I've watched in a while, especially from like an action heist sort of angled. I just can't think of anything that's better than
1: that. Yeah. so I have a second recommendation that's thematically linked to Money Heist and that is an old TV show not super old but it's from like I think 2004 uh, it's called Hustle it is on Amazon Prime if you're in the States uh, it is basically an episodic TV show where every episode is Ocean's Eleven it's like nice long con op- the idea is it's a team of long con artists uh, they all have their specialties and each week is a con uh, and of course there's twists and turns but it's like 45 minutes and it's a British show so it's like yeah they had 8 seasons but there's only like there's under 50 episodes <laughs> because it's British so like of the course. seasons are tiny yeah. um, and all of them are, are available to stream but like the, the cast is wonderful, it's very charming you can watch basically any con you're interested in because there's sure there's through lines but the through lines are like mickey and danny don't know who might lead the team so all like the entire season they're kind of like making fun of each other like that's yeah. all through. <laughs> if you want some if you are interested in money heist but you only want to commit for 45 minutes you can watch uh people pretend to steal the crown jewels it's great
0: nice yeah that sounds great yeah that's awesome all right well uh That'll uh, be everything for this episode. So, of course, we want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank our patrons who are supporting us on Patreon. If you want to join our Discord, uh, it, everybody for uh, just a dollar or more is able to join our Discord. And it is an increasingly lively and uh, engaging conversation. I know personally it's been really nice uh, while being inside and not having the ability to see anybody outside of the people that I'm living with. It's been nice to have sort of a, a virtual community uh, that I've been able to connect with a little bit more. So thank you all to those of you who are uh, engaged in our discord, both the people who are posting and the people who are just there witnessing being a part of it. Uh, We really appreciate all of you joining and look forward to anyone uh, out there who is thinking about joining. Now's a great time to get into the discord. Um, We also uh, have a Feedback form on our website at www.theshortgame.net. There you can see every episode that we have, uh, including the ones that have fallen off of our feed. And uh, you can let us know any thoughts, any game suggestions, any things like that through the feedback form on that. We actually are pretty frequently pulling games for this show based off of uh, recommendations both from our patrons and from people who take the time to reach out to us uh, through that form, as well as our Twitter.
1: Especially now that uh, with GDC being canceled this year and kind of less game press, like our our viewers, viewers, our listeners, (laughs) recommending stuff is becoming increasingly important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And we really, really appreciate it because one, you're cluing us into... Games that we may not have ever heard about. Uh, So many games that were way off of our radar have been uh, recommended to us, but also helps us know what kind of games you'd like to see covered. So uh, let us know. Let us know if there's a game that you'd like. Uh, Again, Patreon is going to be the most direct way to do that, but uh, feedback through our website or uh, following and uh, tweeting at us at our Twitter, which is at underscore short game. You can also find me on Twitter at Nate STL and Laura, where can they find you
1: on Twitter at Laura J Nash.
0: And one final plug. Uh, if you would, please take a moment to review us on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Uh, It's a great way to sort of increase the likelihood that we show up in search results and whatnot. So really appreciate everyone's time and their thoughts in that as well. And we hope that everyone is staying safe, staying healthy and staying sane. And with that, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of The Short Game.
1: Bye.